0: wrestling fans of all ages shapes sizes genders and everything in between it is time to go to war and be the cure for the common wrestling podcast welcome to the revolution
1: buzz buzz guys my name is kate murphy what's going on everybody this is will tarashek the founder of the kings
0: of the rings podcast what's going on guys it is i the one and only quiet riot himself Zack, your host of the young Lions perspective
1: what's up guys this is the monday night delight greetings one and all this is your prime minister speaking your favorite canadian mr fret
0: hey what's up you guys this is nate the F and great from the game changer podcast if you're looking for a network that keeps wrestling real then you've come to the right place because you're listening to you are listening to you are listening to you are listening listening. then you are listening get ready for a war because you're listening to what is going on everybody this is king ricky rose your general manager and you are listening to wrestle addict radio now enjoy the show are you ready What's going on, guys? Zach, from the Wrestling Ministers podcast here. Welcome to episode two forty-five, the YLP podcast. So I'm glad to have you guys here with me on this Monday evening. I hope you're enjoying your day, your night, your afternoon, and your evening. Wherever you may be, wherever you are, and uh, World. Thank you guys so much for checking out this episode of the podcast. And as always, I greatly and truly appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen, SummerSlam and NXT Take over 30 have come and gone. SummerSlam weekend is over. Let's begin anew as we head towards the fall. If you think about it, honestly, we're in the last week of August now, technically, schools are supposed to be starting in just a couple of weeks, but with the way New Jersey's school system is acting all kinds of authority, um, we do not know whether schools are going to be virtual learning or remote learning. We don't fucking know. Usually around the time for me when I was a kid, this would usually be the like last week of uh, freedom. Well, one of the last weeks of freedom, if not the last week of freedom before we would have to go back to school the next week. So the last week of summer usually would be the all out, do everything you need to do that you hadn't done during the summer. All this crazy stuff. And so when I think about it, like when I was younger, you know, I'd play as much outside as I could, went to all the barbecues, all that stuff before we went back to school. Now with the way coronavirus is acting a goddamn fool and making everybody act a goddamn fool nowadays, don't lie. You've seen at least one person act a damn fool with this bullshit going on. Now we don't know what's going on with the kids and all that stuff. So hopefully, they get their shit together and figure out this whole school situation, but I don't have any kids, personally. Uh, unless you count being a dog parent, then yes, I have a about to turn 11-year-old child who is an absolute diva. Real shit. So... <laughs> And she don't go to school. So, it bees what it bees. But that's, we ain't talking about that. Listening to the school sounds of the Bruiserweight Pete Dunne right now. I'm talking about my, talking about the school and stuff. Nevertheless, it is post-pay-per-view Monday. And that means a brand spanking new episode of The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Where I going to talk about pretty much the major points of what went down over SummerSlam weekend. Now, I'm gonna try it now. Today, I'm gonna be trying a new format in the spirit of trying to make it as digestible for all of you as possible. Usually, I would have done three seconds the good, the bad, the ugly. Now, I could do that, but in the interest of making sure your time is valuable as well as mine, I'm gonna give you. The top 10 major points that I thought were, I think were or something we should keep an eye on from this past weekend, they're all from NXT and SummerSlam, so not everything is going to be, you know, in terms of balance, I try to get as balanced as possible, um, there are some bad things, there are some ugly things, there is one, there is one big ugly in this entire list, but I'm going to get into that very, very early, so... Each segment will be five apiece. And, of course, as I always do after the good the bad of segments, I give you the top three matches of the weekend, because we've got plenty to pick from. We pick the worst match of the weekend. And, of course, what you really, truly came in for, my final grades for both NXT TakeOver 30 and SummerSlam. So, so let's try that in the interest of fairness. Uh, let's try it out. No, I'm, again, I mean, your time is valuable as much as it is mine. So let's get through what I believe are the first five points, and what I call the top five points of this weekend. And I think the most important thing—I think I think everybody's going to be was near shot at listening to this episode of the podcast will agree with me on the most important thing. that came out of this weekend was that Renee Young, as of. 7 p.m. last night, is gone for the WWE, and she will be missed by the entire WWE universe, myself included. Mm. I think she was in the in, in WWE for seven years, working as backstage, cute little Canadian girl, blonde, short blonde hair, adorable. I'm just a man, I'm merely just a man. Yes. Um, last night was Renee Young's well, I can't really say Renee Young, Renee Paquette, or Renee Moxley? I'm going with Renee Moxley. It actually, sounds delicious. Yeah, I know, I'm saying AEW stuff on WWE things. Sue me. My show, I don't care. Renee Moxley. <laughs> we'll go with Renee Young for now. Renee Young, seven years in WWE, and um, I, she was literally besides Charlie Caruso. And and to be even saying that is shouldn't even, they, those these two shouldn't even be mentioned in the same conversation. Renee Young was Renee Young. Renee Young was just fantastic. Backstage, on the at the commentary table, interviews, all this stuff with uh with her boot thing when he was still in WWE. She was fantastic. She was the quintessential. She was what you would want in a backstage reporter. And at, at the commentary is a baby face, you know, a third piece. And just all around, she was fantastic. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, she was also part of Talking Smack at, at one point with uh, her and Daniel Bryan. And we got that infamous um, promo from The Miz back in, I believe, 2016, which was God tier as fuck. It was 2016? 2016, 2017. When We got that God's promo from The Miz, which was fire. Straight up fire. In, in terms of the modern era right now, she was everything you would want. Had a good look. Spoke very well. Played her character very well. And, you know, when it came to summers, when it came to big four shows, NXT TakeOver's, she handled business like a champ. And, you know, I could say more than enough about her. She was she was probably one of the best that we have had in quite some time. Now, I'm sure, I, and you you know as well as I do, there's so much speculation going on with what Renee's going to be doing next. We know a cook, her cookbook just, I think it's about to come out, or just came out. Um, would I buy it? Eh, I don't know. If, if she has a lot of steak in there or a rep's before poutine, then, um, baby girl, I'm gonna have to buy one of your thank thangs. But I digress. Renee Young, literally, is what. And I, I'm not. And I'm trying to say this as a dig or anything. Charlie Caruso, not bad. Uh, Kayla Braxton, has her moments, not bad. Mackenzie, I think it's is it McKenzie. Diggs? I don't know. I forget the last name. Not bad, Jara Schreiber. Not bad, but from what I've seen personally, ever since 2016, Renee Young literally has handled her shit, and 100 one of my favorites. She was a favorite in the YLP in the YLP fraternity over here in uh in the War Realm over in the YLP over the YLP universe and things. We stand, Renee Young. We love Renee Young. We love her. Look good bikini. Stop it. I'd I hit my. That's me hitting my hand. I'm calm myself down. Chill, bro. Chill. It? Let's all right, we're back to Um, all around she was great. She was fantastic, and it's a shame that she's going to be missed. That's a very big void to fill, and, that, and that's on everything. She that is big shoes to fill. I mean, Charlotte caruso has got to step up. I mean, it's Caleb braxton has got to step up. Sarah Mackenzie, whoever they else, whoever else they have in the back for doing this. I, I was reading stories about you know her, you know, lending a helping hand when people you know started with WWE. She was always there to be a big sister. All this stuff, so many stories. People couldn't say enough about it. They thought the world of her. She was fantastic. We loved her too. And I, I think I, I speak at least on behalf of athletic Radio when I say I, I think we all stand. Renee Young, especially my especially Fretzi, who was who was a proud Canadian. I, I'm sure he was a very upset boy um, when he when he first when we first found out Renee Young was going to be leaving us and her last night was going to be Summerslam. I would say, hey, not a bad way to go out. And um, hey, you know, Renee, whatever you do, whatever your next endeavor is going to be, whether it be AEW, whether it be just pushing your cookbook like it's crack cocaine. Whatever it is you do, we stand behind you. I will speak on behalf of WrestleMania Radio, Renee. Good luck in whatever it is that you're going to do next. We'll be watching. I follow you on Instagram, so I know you're going to do something crazy. But um, congratulations on everything you've done for the WWE. Whatever your next endeavor may be, we support it. Kick ass. Do you. And make sure to try to keep John Moxley at least sane for five fucking minutes, please. That boy going crazy. And I know you're trying to kill MJF. Keep that man in line. At least, at least keep him as chill as possible. We love John Moxley, too. All right? Keep, keep him keep him chill. Keep him chill. Although, the story about uh, you having to pay 3 bucks uh, to his PayPal for him to get you a, a drink, that shit was funny, mm-hmm. and uh, I fucks with that. So, John, kudos to you for getting that $3. Get that money, bro. <laughs> Y'all hey, didn't hear about I think, I think I don't know if it was a beer or a white claw, but, yeah, she actually had to say in order to get a drink, Boxley told her, yo, PayPal me three bucks. <laughs> That's some bullshit. That's some bullshit right there. Yo. And she did it. she did that shit. But yo, either way, congratulations, Renee. Whatever it is you do next, handle your business and, and you know do it like it. we know you can do it. All the fun stuff to you. Now... If you were expecting a rant, because most of, nine, I would say this, nine times out of ten, when it comes to the good, the bad, and the ugly, if this is your, as honestly, as this is your first time listening to the good, the bad, and the ugly, first and foremost, welcome. Welcome to the new format. Um, I would say check out my old good, bad, and the uglies to know exactly what you're going to get into. I would pause this, check out uh, Extreme Rules uh, real quick um, to get an idea of what you're about to get into. And uh, if you don't want to, um, forewarning, this is the portion of the program where uh, Mr. YLP comes out and has to put out a disclaimer that states, if you have any children in your vicinity, um, hopefully you are not in a car, because if you are, I would advise them to either A, put on earmuffs, I would put on a a movie for them, I would tell them to put on... um, Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Headphones? Anything of the like, because uh, Mr. YLP is going to say a few naughty words that I don't think your kids need to be hearing from uh, me, or from you, or pretty much anyone for that matter, until they're at least the age of 13. I'm just going to put that disclaimer out there right now. I'm going to give you literally five seconds to get it all together before yours truly starts going off and saying curse words, okay? Starting now. Three, Two, one. Bray Wyatt is officially once again about to be buried by the WWE. Why? Okay, I'm fucking done. All right, I'm i I've had enough of listening to that. I, that just makes me want to fucking vomit. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, if you watched SummerSlam last night, Roman Reigns made his... What's the word I'm looking for? Grand return to the WWE. Mm-hmm. After Bray Wyatt become, became the new Universal Champion and made Braun Strowman look like an absolute dumb fuck idiot after he slashed the ring exposed the wood and got sister abigail twice on that joint you're an idiot brawn that's why nobody likes you and by the way i look better both than you do you're welcome um i honestly think i do i've been doing this for a minute you just started the shit um yeah roman came back yay everyone clap for fucking roman I know my mom in the other room just probably heard that. She's probably the happiest woman alive. Yes, mom, there's a new t-shirt for Roman Reigns, and I'm going to buy it for you. You're welcome. And my dog just came out and looked at me like, what the hell did you just say, human? Uh, Yeah. um, uh, mm, uh, God, where do I begin? Okay. All right. I'm just going to get into it. Backstage update on WWE's plans for Roman Reigns from Cultaholic.com. I've read this earlier today, and it made me want to break everything at my job. But I refrained because they pay me, and that's I would get fired. Anyway, we're going to read this real quick. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try really hard not to say curse words, I promise. Roman Reigns returned at the end of SummerSlam, running into attack. New WWE Universal Champion The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, and Braun Strowman following their title match. Summerslam marked the big dog's first WWE appearance since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic Reigns was scheduled to wrestle Goldberg for the WWE universal championship of WrestleMania 36, but opted to withdraw due to concern about him being immunocompromised stemming from his leukemia. That's actually real factual and real shit. He later commented that he was on a hiatus in an attempt to protect his family, as he wasn't convinced all of his colleagues would take the pandemic as seriously as he was. Roman is now back in the fold and right back in the title picture. Oh joy, oh fucking joy. According to a report from WrestlingNews.co, and if you haven't heard this yet, you may want to grab a bucket to vomit in. The plan going forward is to give the Reigns character more of an edge, so everybody who thought he was turning heel, he's not. Beyond that, the plan is for him to win the Universal Championship from The Fiend, which may happen as soon as payback on Sunday. Whether this leads to him fully turning heel remains to be seen. He's not. But if the final scenes of SummerSlam are anything to go by, fans can expect to see a darker Roman Reigns in the future. Oh, fucking joy. Roman comes back. Six days later, he may win the championship. How you gonna do that one, WWE? I got an idea because that's the only way you can actually make this actually fucking work. Triple threat match, Strowman, Wyatt, Reigns. Reigns pins Strowman, Reigns wins championship. Reigns then beats Wyatt, Hell in a Cell. Barry Wyatt once again, please why don't you? That's twice now you're going to be doing this shit. You already did it with Goldberg and that was an atrocious joke. And now you're going to do it again with Roman. They do it for Roman haven't figured this out yet. You just did. Immediately comes back in a big four pay-per-view and already possibly has plans to win the Universal Championship as soon as this Sunday. They do it for Roman. This is a joke. And I had to actually shout out one time for Nick Nightmare. On Twitter, you can find him NIC Nightmare. Uh, he called this. He called it. If this is if this is literally the case, if what Cultaholic is saying is legitimate gospel, Roman Reigns gets back the universe, get, wins the title that he was going to win it more than likely at WrestleMania thirty six this Sunday. This is a joke. You already made Strowman like an idiot. So, thank you for that. Much appreciated. Piss me off. Now, you're only gonna fuck over Strowman, which I already have, and no one really gives a shit. You're now gonna fuck over The Fiend. Again. Twice in 2020. Well done. Well, well, I got to say, round of kudos to you, WWE. You sure know how to fuck up a gimmick, don't you? All for the sake of your golden boy. Yeah, I said it. Now say it again. Golden boy. It's terrible. Immediately comes back. Immediately comes back, and he's already back in the title picture. Didn't earn it. Didn't get a title, didn't get a number one contenders match, didn't have to climb his way back up to the top. Nope, right Right back where he started. Right back where he was five months ago. You, 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 his company doesn't learn. You don't fucking learn. This is why we give you shit. Every single time. Half the time mm-hmm. you don't listen to us. You don't. Now everyone's getting a freaking woody because a Roman's back. B he's turning to heel. He's not heel. He's not. He's not. He's not heel. And who, and I, I I'm not gonna name. I'm not gonna. am not gonna say anything. And for anybody who who I don't fuck with, on, who I don't fuck with on Twitter, talking about that retribution bullshit, can take that to bed. Sit down. Go in the corner. Go in the timeout and think about what you just did and, and said, for that matter. Roman's not heal. They will never make him heal. He's just got a turn, He's just got a bit of an edge to him. Should have done that literally four years ago. You know, Chill breaking up. Rollins got new theme music, new look. Dean Ambrose got new music, new look. Roman, same shit. Kept the vest. Kept the, uh... Same themes on as the shield. Nothing changed. Except the logo. This is a joke. Last year, around this same time, the Fiend was making his WWE debut. Bray Wyatt was still there, but the fiend itself was making his debut. Heralded by everyone, including myself, when he destroyed Finn Balor in minutes. One year later, wins the Universal Championship for the second time. And like that, it's about to die. His reign is about to be over faster than the speed of the light. Fuck you, Vince. Fuck you, Bruce. And Kevin Dunn, you can literally eat shit. This is a joke. If Roman was the title of Payback on the Sunday, fuck you, SmackDown. We're, we're, we're going to build those young stars, right? We're going to build up those young talent. Woo! We're going to build up that talent, ain't we? Huh? So excited. Fuck you. Don't learn. They never learn. They never fucking learn. Anyway, before before I start saying real cur- a lot of curse words, mm. I'm gonna move on with I'm gonna move on with the top five because that's <laughs> y'all are funny, and I'm sure a lot of y'all are thinking Zach, relax, chill. Ain't no chill. Ain't no fucking chill. The girl. And it's actually a perfect reminder since we're getting off bullshit. Miss um, Marley, of course, in these uh, quarantine times, uh, wants to make sure this is her Marley moment of the show. Hi. She says hello, by the way, and hopes everyone is well. Um, and I'm not telling them that. That's not nice. Um, she's a Roman stand; She can't help herself. Um, it's a love hate relationship. But. Of course, Marley would like to remind you all that in these quarantine times to make sure you get as much adequate sleep as possible, to make sure that you get a good amount of water per day. Uh, she actually recommends a gallon for all, all the humans. And I think that's a very adequate number uh, and a good solid weight, good girl. Uh, as well as uh, making sure you eat a proper nutritious diet because we know the quarantine 15 is an actual thing and to ensure that every once in a while to indulge in some treats and indulge yourself every once in a while. All right. Let us get into what I thought was definitely a very bad thing in what I will call the Finn Balor treatment. Karrion Cross made NXT fall and pray Saturday night, but his title reign may have already ended before it even got off the starting as we all know, this past Saturday night, Keith Lee and Karrion Cross faced off at the NXT Championship. Cross became the new NXT champion, but he did not leave NXT Thirty unscathed, ladies and gentlemen. From WhatCulture.com, update on Karrion Cross WWE injury status. Takeover Thirty was a bittersweet night for Karrion Cross. While WWE's Rising Monster was successful in capturing the NXT championship from Keith Lee in the night's main event, he was injured in the process, with the promotion confirming he suffered a shoulder issue, the severity of which could be would be determined by an MRI later today. Cross has spoken out ahead of the MRI, telling ESPN's Mark Raimondi that he doesn't think he's set for an extended period of, on the treatment table. Good news for any fan of the WWE's black and gold brand. Quote, I will get a professional, educated opinion on the severity of it, but it's definitely separated. said, say cross of his shoulder. I won't beat around the bush about that. I have mixed emotions right now. I think from a natural place, I'm always very motivated. I'm a solution-based thinker rather than a pity-based thinker. I fucks with that. Carrion said that he knew he was hurt when Glee blasted him in a clothesline, comparing the pain to a choir of demons screaming inside my shoulder in unison. NXT, Cross became NXT champion in just his seventh WWE match, having defeated Bronson Reed, Dominic Dajakovic, and others in his early outings. Now, he did still exactly when. Let me see. I want to see if he actually had an exact moment. So, this is from WrestlingInc.com. New NXT, WWE NXT champion Karen Cross recently spoke. Da-da-da-da, you already knew that. As noted, WWE confirmed that Cross suffered a separated acromioclavicular joint and will be going on an MRI on Monday to get a better idea of the severity of the injury. Cross confirmed that the injury is to his right shoulder. He commented on Monday's MRI and reiterated what Triple H said in his post takeover media call. This is not ballet. Let me see. So it was clo- the uh, close line near the ropes. Uh, crosses, okay, crosses right shoulders. At the brunt of Lee's three hundred pound momentum. So this was actually early on, if I'm not mistaken. Ooh. Finn Balor knows the feeling, my friend. This sucks. Especially knowing that Cross was, and I, I, I rightly picked Cross to become the NXT champion, which made all the sense in the world. But it does, I mean, we don't, we don't know what the MRI results come out yet. We haven't seen anything. I haven't personally seen anything in terms of what is going to happen, um, what the severity of the injury is going to be. Um, we don't know. We really don't know. And we are waiting with bated breath um, to find out what the um, status of Cross may be. Um, separated shoulders. Mm. Uh, I had a good friend. I have a good friend of mine who actually unfortunately suffered from a separated shoulder. No fun. Uh, according to him. Uh, for real, for real. Um so I, I really haven't seen it. I've never, I, I mean, personally, knock on wood, I've never suffered that much of a severe injury. Yes, I know. I never. Hi. Okay. Thank you for kisses. Thank you. I know. Mommy. I know. Yes. Okay. Yeah. You sit on dead stomach and you just get that. Okay. Me personally, I've never suffered a major injury to any body part. I'd say the worst injury I've ever taken was honestly, I have bone chips in my thumb. Um, literally I have bone chips in my thumb I can actually feel them right now as I'm messing around with it Um, that's probably the biggest injury I've suffered I've taken a a football helmet to my Adam's apple I've hurt my ankle on four or five occasions I've hurt my knee with a metal relax I'm patting you, relax I have taken a knee to a metal mailbox cutting my knee open and I actually saw the bone, that was pretty fucking cool Um, yeah, I'm weird, deal with it what? What? Yes, I know, a, and I don't talk about your injury. I'm not going to talk about that. That is a very scary moment in my life, and I thought I lost you that day, so I'm not going to talk about it. I'm not going to talk about it. Relax. I know it. I know it was a tough day for you. It's tough day for you, or what for me because I almost went to jail for your ass. Okay, I almost went to jail for you, but it wasn't worth it because you looked like a bitch. You didn't want. You didn't want that smoke. But any significant injury, especially to a guy like Harry and Cross, who a lot of people were thinking he was going to really carry the brand into, Marley, guys, hey, Daddy's talking. go lay down. But a guy like Harry and Cross just winning the championship, just getting you know his bearings under him, it sucks. It sucks real bad because now. We, again, we don't know the severity of the injury. We don't know how long he may be out. If it's not as bad as we think it's going to be, then um, I would say the, a, a month. I mean, we got time. We got a little bit of time before you know his next title defense. Now, if they go by that every 30 days rule, then yeah, he's going to have to defend it. If he can't, he relinquishes it. Unless NXT tries to figure out a way around it, they can do that. Um. Anything I'd say longer than two months, it's done. It's the Finn Balor, it's the Finn Balor treatment all over again. And he's going to have to really go to really the championship. Hopefully that's not the case and he's just out for a little bit. And I'm sure NXT can figure out everything that's going on. I'm sure they'll probably figure everything out by tomorrow going into Wednesday's next, uh, new episode of NXT. Um So We'll see what goes with that. Once we figure out the news, I will pass that along to you as quick as I possibly can. Uh, More than likely it'll be on my Instagram, so if you follow me on my Instagram, um, I'll pass that breaking news along. If not, I will tell you how that goes at the end of the show. Raw is officially limitless as Keith Lee gets his call up to the main roster. Keith Lee was only NXT champion for 45 days. To most people, that would be considered a transitional champion. That's all well and good. But you got to think of the title reign that he, you got to think of the history that he made. One of the longest NXT North, NXT North American championship reigns that I've personally seen since the inception of the North American championship. Um, held Won the championship, I believe, back in December of last year. Held it all the way until... July, which is a solid fucking rain, if I say so myself, Um, literally that's about close to like eight months, hold on, math, yeah, about eight months, he held that championship, became the first ever double champion in NXT's history, and then relinquished the belt to give an opportunity to those, as an honor to those, you know, to the opportunities that he got in order to become North American champion. Which created the North American Championship uh, triple threat series. We got good matches out of it. All that good stuff. So personally, I wouldn't necessarily say that his title reign wasn't a bad one. It's just that we knew the entire time Carrying Cross was going to get that title. Whether and I stated it, whether it be against Cole, whether it be against Lee, whoever won that, Cross was taking it regardless. It didn't matter. Whoever got the smoke, whoever got the belt, Kerry was going to give him that smoke. Hands down. No, no more, no less. But now Keith Lee is going to get called up, or as most of us say, demoted to the main roster. Of course, we all knew that we saw the announcement on during SummerSlam last night. We're all as efficiently limitless. And I'm excited for Keith Lee. I really am. Keith Lee has done a lot for NXT. I would have liked to see him down in NXT a little bit longer. But I'd say he was, he's was he been there for close to two years, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, battles against Dominic Tachikovic as his first big, big, really big feud. Um, 2018 wasn't that bad of a year. 2019 was one hell of a year. Was it 2019? No, 2019 was a, a decent year. 2020 was a hell of a year for him in NXT. He did he had a damn good year up to this point. And I'd say so far, he's one of the can he's one of my candidates for MVP. He's on the short list. Um, the YOP MVP of 2020. And he's definitely done himself. Well, Vince McMahon does think highly of him. He wanted, he wanted him up. It's time. Am I mad? no, Hesitating, no. Um, Am I excited? Kinda. I'm nervous, as I am usually with most everybody over the last three years who have come up from NXT. Um, Guys like Andrade. Guys like um, Aleister Black. Shinsuke Nakamura. Bobby Roode. Andrade. Guys like that. Who have made their way up to the main roster, and unfortunately, not good. Especially Shinsuke, they did Shinsuke so fucking dirty, so fucking dirty. That man deserved every. That man deserved a WWE title shot. So WWE title was so fucking bad, and it was right there in our hands at WrestleMania against AJ, and all of a sudden, just becomes. Shinsuke, knock your balls off. Could have ended the Jinder Mahal reign like that. Twice. Didn't do it. All because WWE wanted to get into that Indian market and didn't even make the fucking deal.
1: Stupid.
0: So, you look, Ricochet, Cedric Alexander, Mustafa Ali, Chad Gable... Fuck Baron Corbin. Um, Who else? Who else have they fucked over? Let me think. Uh, Asuka, a few times. Um, Kyrie. I would. eh, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't. I kind of would say that. Kylie. Shayna Baszler. Bianca Belair. Main event really. Um, Liv Morgan. The Iconics. There's an entire list, and I can keep going if I felt like it. Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens. You know? They haven't really done by done right by a lot of talent that came up from NXT. So, I have cause to worry. A lot. Hopefully. I mean, I don't know what they're going to do with Keith Lee. I mean, if they thrust him up to the main event scene immediately because they don't have a fucking main event scene. I wouldn't be surprised. But we will see. Hopefully, WWE does right by Keith. Instead of giving him the 24-7 championship or having him join the Hurt Business. Hopefully, they actually do well with Keith and do something proper with him. Don't fuck this up, Vince. You wanted him. You've got him. Don't fuck it up. Otherwise, we get to have another conversation between you and I where I get to talk about how you're much of a, as much of a fucking idiot as I still think you are. And finally, in my top five, Damian Priest finally gets his name to live forever by becoming the new North American Champion. And I'm not even gonna just speak on Damien on Damian Priest. This North American Championship ladder match was absolutely fan fucking tastic. Immediately, the second this match was over, I thought to myself, "This this has top three match of the weekend written all over it, easily top three top three match of the weekend, hands down." This this had everything, and then going through SummerSlam um, and watching through that, yeah, there's no way I could not put this match in the top three. I couldn't. I couldn't. That itself was great, and thankfully, your boy knows what he's talking about. Picked Damian Priest to win. The ending of it was great. The ending of it was fucking fire. With, um, I think Cameron Grimes said a couple times, I know uh, Kit definitely didn't want to see uh, Cameron Grimes win. I think her, I think, you know, she, you know, I think Kit didn't want, what was it, Velveteen Dream and Cameron Grimes, if I remember the tweet correctly. She's like, I, I, I'm rooting for everyone except Velveteen and um, Cameron Grimes. And to that, I agreed. And yes, neither of them won because I could I, I was not prepared for a Cameron Grimes title reign. I wasn't ready for it. I, just just no. No. Just no. Drop down to the 205. Get in the cruiserweight division. Thank me later. You're welcome. But Kate was spot on with that. Now, what I want from Damien is a second match with Bronson Reed. I would want that. I would honestly want that. And it needs to happen. And I spoke about this on the predictions, prediction uh, predictions show on Friday. Bronson Reed, Damian Priest. We don't need it right away. We don't need it right away. We need, we need to rebuild Bronson back up the ladder. But Bronson Reed does have a win over Damian Priest. Let us not forget that. He's got that victory over Damien. Bronson, I would say, would be one of the first few mm. to get the shot against Damien Priest. I would honestly say, if you're going to do it, do it at War Games. Let Damien get a couple of title, title melts under under his belt. You know, get the feel for it. You know, make him look clean. All this stuff. But honestly, and, and on top of that, may I say, if you were if you follow me on Twitter, uh, at Twitch Senator all I was talking about best entrance drip. Um, all five of them, too, came out looking all kinds of clean. Dan, of course, Damien with the, uh, what would I call it? I guess Prince Inspired jacket, just a lot of metal show a nipple, and be like that, that's (laughs) him. Johnny Gargano comes out, looking fresh, long jacket, dope. Bronson Reed, Bam Bam Bigelow-inspired spandex, fire. As a person who is literally from Jersey, Bam Bam Bigelow is one of my favorites ever. Why? He's Jersey. Yeah, we claim that. We claim Bam Bam. Our state claims Bam Bam, and you can't have him. And so does DDP and Sonya Deville. You're welcome. Um, and Joey Janelle. We claim him, too, even though he's from technically Hasley. But, um, yeah, break, yeah, breaking fourth wall. Deal with it. It's called life. Um, yeah. That Bam Bam inspired fire. Cameron Grimes coming out in gray. I like it. I need more of that. Whoa, whoa, what else? Uh, and the Forest Velveteen Dream, I always say, when it comes to Velveteen Dream and fashion, it may not be my taste. <laughs> but the boy come looking out clean every single takeover. And this one was not it was this was no exception. All of them with the entrance drip was fire. The, the man, I don't know. I, I know they know a smidge in of fashion. But when it comes to wrestling gear, that is literally I see that was I have to say, it almost took the award for best entrance drip of SummerSlam weekend, but There was one other, again, if you follow me on Twitter, you know exactly which match I'm talking about, had the best entrance driven. We're going to talk about that in the next segment. When we come back, I'm going to give you my remaining five points, as well as, of course, the top three matches of the weekend, the worst match of the weekend, and the final grades for both NXT TakeOver 30 and SummerSlam. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
1: <laughs> everybody's got a price for the million dollar man. And now, everybody's got a price, got a price. for Resolotic Radio. <laughs> Hi peeps, Mr. Fratz from the Game Changer Podcast here. I want to encourage you to join our Patreon for only five bucks a month, where you get access to a great chat with a bunch of amazing amazing people you get shows, exclusive shows, such as Frex's Fave 5 and the 20 Bell Salute from yours truly, you get Willie T's Wrestle Wrestle Wars, you get King Ricky's Ring Shape and Watch the Throne. you get Mance's Delight Curfew Reviews Nate's Fantasy Booking oh and that's not all, you get 15% off our merch on our teespring store you get an exclusive code you get all that and so much more if you join our patreon on wrestle Attic radio the cure for the common wrestling podcast
0: 45 of the YLP podcast, talking about the good, the bad, and the ugly. That was SummerSlam weekend, new format, trying it out. Let me know what you think. Yeah, I'm going to get right into it, my final five. Starting off, Tommaso Ciampa will be making his return to NXT this Wednesday night. And I think what's the even bigger news, for my UK brethren, across the pond NXT UK makes its long awaited return on September 17th yes ladies and gentlemen this is big, this is two big announcements that they did back to back during SummerSlam last night now the Tommaso Ciampa thing I knew that was going to be coming it was only a matter of time before we got that but A lot of people were speculating when we were going to get NXT UK back. We know across the pond and across the world, of course. We got the whole coronavirus thing going on. But my mind was telling me, man, if we got NXT UK TakeOver on the 25th of October, right? When do we get NXT UK episodes back on on the swing of things? And we found out last night, we finally are going to get back to business with the NXT UK brand. And it's surely as fuck been missed. Uh, I'm very excited for NXT UK. I'm excited for T- Tommaso Ciampa coming back on Wednesday, for sure. Let that let that be known. I love me some Tommaso Ciampa. I have his whole black heart T-shirt in my closet right now. But I think the bigger of the two announcements is NXT UK coming back. Volter, Kaylee Ray, all the guy, all the guys and girls that are a part of the NXT UK roster. Especially with the announcement that we spoke about a couple weeks ago, with Amal becoming uh, the newest member of the NXT UK Women's Division, um, that'll definitely help add to the depth. Um, I believe BT Sports Studio, BT Sport is going to be hosting it. Um, they're going to be having, they're going to be doing their shows in their studios, So I'm curious to see what the whole setup is going to look like and all that. I think it's going to be cool. Uh, I'm just really excited for it to come back, especially now that we are going to be. Uh, a little, We're going to have a little over a month of programming before we get to NXT UK TakeOver Dublin. Will we have crowd in Dublin? I don't know. Hopefully. Um, it would be nice if we did get a bit of a crowd there. Because I think the UK squad, the UK brethren out there, would definitely like to see that for sure without question. But these are, these are two big announcements that I'm really happy to see. I'm really excited that we're getting, you know, throughout the entire weekend, honestly... Uh, we were getting, you know, returns. We're getting returns. We're getting UK coming back. Keith Lee's going to Raw. All this stuff. All positives across the board. Don't get it twisted. Even Keith Lee being called up to the main roster is a positive in and of itself. So, my thought before we found out about the carrying Cross thing was um, I'm, I was thinking in my head Trampa was going to be chasing Cross for the NXT Championship. That was going to be a program that we were going to see going through the, the, I was the litter portion of 2020, going into 2021, and that possibly being our program for NXT TakeOver LA, um, WrestleMania weekend, um, I believe March 30th, if I'm, not, if I'm not mistaken, and that was probably going to be what was going to happen with that, Champa builds himself, goes up the ladder again, maybe he goes against Adam Cole, Gargano, all that stuff, and we get the Champa, and Ciampa becomes champion, maybe, I don't know, I don't know how it would go, but, um, those two announcements alone, personally for me, really got me excited for a lot of for a lot of things. And just give me one I'm just gonna check off my uh, point here. Make sure I got that, so I don't talk about it again. And um, I'm really excited. I'm excited. I'm really really excited for the UK to make its return. What storylines are we going to get going into Takeover UK? UK Takeover Dublin um, on the 25th of October. Valter, um, Kaylee Ray, um, I believe uh, Gallus is still tag team champions, as far as I know. Um, it's going to be really cool to see them come back, and I may check it out. I probably won't talk about it on the YLP podcast because that's that would be four shows I would have to cover in a span of a week, and my and the three alone. Woo! I'm the work. I mean, I guess I am the workhorse of the uh, Wrestleletics Radio family, so I do take the brunt of that but adding a fourth show would just literally kill me. (laughs) So I may just keep it uh, to myself in my free time and keep up with it as we go into um, NXT UK TakeOver Dublin. But two big announcements coming out of that. Back to back in a commercial. That in and of itself was just fantastic, and I can't wait to see what they're going to bring to the table over the next month going into TakeOver Dublin. Io Shirai and Dakota Kai and I'm actually proud to say this they had the best women's match of the entire weekend hands down this match was was just everything i knew it would be and a lot more it it was honestly it was it was it was just the kind of match where i was just like yes i needed all that I needed it. I really did need that. And this was a proper title defense for Io. Going through everything, uh, especially with the uh, trick Dakota pull-up-her-sleeve uh, at the go-home show for before NXT TakeOver 30. Raquel Gonzalez comes back into the fold. They are still a duo, thank goodness. Um, the Kai Gonzalez thing, hopefully, still fingers crossed, they gun for the Women's Tag Team Championships because we kind of need that. But it was nice to see all three of them really. They really told a story in this matchup. They wrote. They told a great story involving Raquel. Ref bumps, you know, just everything about this match really, really caught my attention. And I even told y'all, Kai Shirai was the, was one of the matches that we needed to see in Io Shirai's uh, title reign, and we got that. And I'd have to say, so far, with against you know. Comparing her, her title defense against Tegan and then her title defense against Dakota, it's not even close. This match, they nailed it. They absolutely killed it. And I'm thinking to myself, how are Banks, Bailey, and Asuka really going to top that? How are Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville going to top that? They didn't. They didn't. This match, hands down, with the ladies, they had the women's best women's match of the weekend. It's just, it has so much replay value and it's so much value to it. This is Dakota Kai's best performance, period, since she's become a member of NXT. Um, she really gave everything in this matchup. Everything. Io Shirai gave everything. Um, just, I was just so thoroughly impressed by both of them. Even impressed by Raquel Gonzalez getting, with her involvement in the matchup. Just everything about that was great. And even after the match, when um, Gonzalez and Kai attacked Shirai, Who decided to come out? Rhea fucking Ripley. She came out for the save, and we got a stare down between Gonzalez and Ripley. I don't know what that means for her, for Ripley, and Martinez, but I would would like to also see Raquel Gonzalez versus Rhea Ripley going forward. I don't know what's going to happen with uh, Martinez. Uh, Maybe we get a, a triple threat out of the deal, but man, that stare down was wonderful. That was a wonderful stare down. I was thoroughly happy with all of that. I need, I need that as soon as possible. I really do. I'm just thoroughly pleased by this because now we get now coming out of NXT Takeover 30. Gonzalez Ripley. This gives Gonzalez a chance to actually shine. Gonzalez will actually be in a program, and uh, we get to see what's gonna move. Who's gonna be next for Kai? And who's going to be next for Shirai? Because after Shirai was, cel- Sh- Shirai was celebrating, Ripley was at the top of the ramp staring Shirai down. She hasn't forgot about Io. She still wants that match with Io for the women's championship. So there's a there's a in that one match alone, we got a lot of things out of that. A great match from Io and Dakota. A possible feud between Gonzalez and Ripley. And we still have that looming thought of Ripley still, even though she's got got Gonzalez and Martinez to deal with, she still has Io Shirai in her sights. And she wants that NXT Women's Championship back around her waist. If you had a debut on either NXT TakeOver or SummerSlam this weekend, all of you killed it. Bronson Reed, Cameron Grimes, Damian Priest, Pat McAfee, Dominic Mysterio. Anybody who was on the main card for either NXT TakeOver or SummerSlam and made their debut, Drew McIntyre, I believe, made a SummerSlam debut last night. Every last one of you killed it. I am happy for all of your performances But I think the most important two we should talk about are Pat McAfee and Dominic Mysteria. What a weekend for those boys! What a weekend! What a wow! I have to say, for a debut for Pat McAfee, this may be the biggest one-off I've ever seen in Pat McAfee. I was thoroughly happy with 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 how everything went about, even though I did Pat McAfee to win. Uh, in a losing effort, even in, a, even in taking an L, man, did he have a performance of the night on Saturday. If it was performance of the night award bonuses I can hand out, Pat McAfee gets his for Saturday, Dominic gets his for Sunday. Those two had fantastic debuts for their respect for the respective uh, shows that we had. A lot of people were concerned about Pat McAfee and how it was going to look between him and Gold. McAfee, I know, I'm sure they practiced the match a million times, but the result of that, what we were given on Saturday for McAfee and what we were given on Sunday for Mysterio, whole what just, I was blown away. McAfee doing uh, somersaults, 10 times off the top, crashing into the entire gang, uh, Undisputed Era and his crew that he, he came into. Um, Mysterio's, Mysterio's match against Seth wow just wow I was blown away the story they told the story they told mysterio wanting his wanting his father to just stay by ringside and let him do what he does win or lose I need you to not get involved Seth trying to goad Ray on into going after him Ray conflicted throughout the entire match Angie his mother coming out during the match look of concern on her face for her baby boy the story they told with this match shall not go unnoticed Brunson Reed what a debut high spot of the night for him that that uh tsunami splash off the top of the ladder with Candice LeRae hanging on his back what uh, and splashing onto Johnny Gargano that's gonna be a feud I could see that being a feud easy. Um, Cameron Grimes had a hell of a performance. Almost became the uh, North American champion, at least on two, three occasions during that match alone. The spot he took with Gargano. Oh, my God. That that what was it, that, uh, that twisting powerbomb onto the ladder. My goodness. That was that was an insane bump. And he had a great match, too. Damian Priest, of course, winning the North American Championship in his takeover debut. Well, not, actually, no. Take Damian Priest out because he already, he's already been, I think he was already in a takeover. Yeah, he was in a takeover already. So I have to excommunicate him from this list. I am sorry, Damian. My apologies. Um, this, I mean, uh, del Fantasma made their takeover debut on Sunday in the pre-show. Dakota Kai made her debut on the pre-show. I'm trying to think of who else carrying uh, Cross his debut at, on NXT takeover uh, not a bad performance um I will say with Keith Lee and carrying Cross the ending was a bit okay mm, nah, I wasn't feeling that ending um but that's neither here nor there not gonna take away from you know carrying Cross winning the championship um we get yeah, all the debuts for takeover and Summerslam well done by all involved. I mean, you should, both should be, you know, Raw should be proud for Dominic, for sure. Seth should be proud for Dominic, for sure. And in terms, and I did say in the last segment, you know, with the best entrance drip, uh, with the North American Championship ladder match coming out would b- be shit, um, I had to hand the award to Seth and Dominic for their outfits. Um, for That entrance drip, oh my, <clears throat> May I say, Seth Rollins, my boy, coming out in that 1997 WCW Halloween Havoc gear as an homage to Ray, even though in the match with his character, he was playing mind games. I have to say, if I'm Ray Mysterio, tip of the cap to you, Seth. I'm sure Seth showed Ray that gear, and Ray was just like, but dude, wow. I was thoroughly impressed. I, this is why, this is part of the reason why I love wrestling, the creativity and allowing, especially in NXT, you see it a lot more, but with wrestlers being able to be creative with their outfits. I know Bianca Belair, uh, she makes her own outfits. If I'm not mistaken, she makes her own outfits. Handmade, all that, custom outfits that she does herself. Um, But Seth, I have to say, Seth Rollins and Dominic Mysterio, their outfits were fire. I mean, the Sub-Zero-inspired uh, Dominic Mysterio joint. I forget the dude's name who actually made it, but when that dude made it, that was so clean. It looks so good. It looks so good. It looked fantastic. I was thoroughly happy with that, but Seth Rollins' gear takes the cake for me. If you're going off-match alone, Mysterio and Rollins had the best gear, that best entrance drip. But Seth, if I have to go individual, Seth Rollins takes the cake for me. I remember 1997's Halloween Havoc. With that gear. And that gear was absolutely fire. And I love That's one of my favorite, you know, wrestling gears ever of all time. Is Rey Mysterio's gear from 97 Halloween Havoc. And for Seth to pay homage to Rey in that, even though, like I said, it was mind games for... During the match, I'm sure Rey... Like I said, I'm sure Rey took that and was just, like, blown away by it. I'm sure he was thoroughly happy with the result, man. I, I mean... If that's not a tip of the cap to you know show respect, I don't honestly know what is to be truthfully serious. But all the all the people who debuted this weekend, and in uh and in a, uh even Drew McIntyre in his match with Randy Orton, although the ending was one quote unquote that we never saw it coming, backslide really really backslide. That's how we end that. That's adorable. Hated it. Hated it. Mm. One more time. Hated it. Yeah. Terrible. Mm-mm. Nah, didn't like that ending. Trash. Um, but Drew McIntyre made his SummerSlam debut and retained this championship like we thought he should. At least I did. Um, I know a lot of people were clamoring for Orton championship, but Drew McIntyre retaining did make sense. Um, maybe a fuck finish would have been a little bit better idea so we head into payback in a rematch, but um, for what we got out of it, before the shitty ending, it wasn't that bad of a match. But then, it, but a lot of people would say it's a bad match because it turned into a typical Randy Orton match—slow, methodical, slow-paced, all that. So, there's a lot of net good, positive, and negative to come out of that match. But for Drew McIntyre to have a, a decent performance in his debut at Summerslam, couldn't be couldn't be happier for him. Uh, and also on top of that, retaining the WWE Championship—not a bad idea. I'm not sure what they do going forward with Drew now that he beat Randy Orton clean. But all debuts, every person who debuted on the cards on the cards this weekend, well done, all of you. Absolutely killed it. The true implosion of the Golden Role Models probably won't take place until payback. But it sure as hell started off great at SummerSlam. Asuka, of course, trying to become a double champion, pulling off a of Becky Lynch, as I like to call it. Didn't get the job done against Bayley. Sasha um, Banks sacrificing herself for the greater good, allowing um, Bayley to get the pinfall victory over Asuka for Bayley to retain her SmackDown Women's Championship. and the Raw Women's Championship, Bayley did not reciprocate at all. Ate a backfist because of it. And Asuka, later on in the matchup, was able to have to put Tasha in the Oscar lot. Bailey, uh, Sasha trying to reach out for Bailey, trying to have trying to have her help her, and she was not there, and she was not there to help her. Mm-mm-mm. There begins your dissension, and if any of you were surprised by Sasha Banks dropping the championship back to Asuka, you shouldn't be. I called that shit. I said Bailey was going to retain. Sasha was going to lose the belt. Why? Simple. Sasha Bailey is your money match for the SmackDown Women's Championship. We know this. We've known this. And if you haven't known this, A, you must have been under a rock. And B, I don't know where the fuck you was at because I've been talking about this for months. But it's quite simple. You just got to follow the bouncing ball, ladies and gentlemen. Sasha... Verse Bailey is your money match for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Whenever they decide to make that happen. And I guarantee you they're going to probably, if I had to guess right now, depending on how the crowds are going to come back to WWE, whenever they come back, hopefully after November 4th, or should I say November 3rd, that's neither here nor there. I digress. We don't talk politics on the show. We talk wrestling politics. And that's a lot of politics that I don't want to get into. But um, I'm sure, and I I said this before, and I'll say it again, Sasha Bailey needs to have a crowd with that. If they're able to build it up to WrestleMania in March of next year, that's the place I would have this match. Now, again, payback this coming Sunday for reasons I can't understand nor fucking comprehend why we're having a pay-per-view again this Sunday. They dropped it. I, I don't even know who they're going to be defending the tag team titles against. But whoever they face for those tag titles, they have to drop them now and make the SmackDown Women's Championship the focal point. They have to. It's the only way for this to make sense. Have the golden role models implode. Or begin to implode even more before our very eyes. It's inevitable. It's honestly inevitable for this to happen. You have to have this happen. Now, this begins their, again, dissension. This begins the breakup. I don't know how they'll go into Hell in a Cell or nine of Champions or whatever pre-per-view, whatever the hell dumb pay-per-view they're coming up with uh, next month. Start really building it and, uh, into October. Survivor Series. Have them team up in Survivor Series match. Allow Bailey to get eliminated by, uh, have Sasha screw over Bailey and get her eliminated. You know, going into December. The Royal Rumble, you know, Banks possibly, you know, getting a shot at the uh, SmackDown Women's Championship, and Bailey somehow eliminate it helps her get eliminated, you know, and then of course a Raw Lady uh, would um, win the Royal Rumble. I would think that'll make the most sense personally. Um, Shayna Baszler, Bianca Belair, Sonya Deville, um, allowing the Raw the winner from Raw. To have that big program going into WrestleMania and continuing the feud between Sasha and Bailey. February going into March, WrestleMania 37. Sasha versus Bailey in LA in the SoFi Center for the SmackDown Women's Championship. And Sasha finally wins the big one. Problem is the curse of Sasha Banks still continues. First title defense, she loses kind of need to fix that. Just saying, we kind of need to fix that. And to round out my top 10 for the good, the bad, and the ugly that was SummerSlam weekend, Sonya Deville. And this is a message to Sonya Deville. I did say a little bit on Twitter last night. Take all the time you need with everything you have going on. Handle your court case. Take a well-deserved vacation. And I'll make sure to pencil you in for the last week in January. There's a little bit of news that came out over the weekend. Um, We found out on Friday, of course, that uh, the stipulation got changed uh, from a hair versus hair match to a no-disqualification, loser-leaves-WWE match. So from Cultaholic... Reason for match stipulation change at WWE SummerSlam. This is from Lewis House. excuse me. Last night at SummerSlam, Sonya Deville lost a loser leads WWE match to Mandy Rose. The match was originally scheduled to be a hair versus hair contest, but was changed on Friday's episode of SmackDown. While the reason for the change was never explicitly stated on television, there was speculation that it was in some way tied to the recent frightening attempted kidnapping of DeVille. According to Dave Meltzer on the recent edition of Wrestling Observer Radio, the decision to ditch the hair stipulation was because DeVille had been booked to lose the match and thus lose her hair, which her lawyer suggested would not be a good decision since she would need to appear in court soon. Per Meltzer, and I quote, So the reason why they switched the stipulation from the hair versus hair to loser leaves town was because her lawyer basically said that with this thing going on, it's probably not a good idea to cut your hair and get your hair shaved for court. So they did an impromptu, loser leaves town. Maybe because of the case, she's going to take some time off. I know there's other projects she was looking at doing. Obviously, she's going to be back at some point. Uh, DeVille's words in a post-match interview seem to hint that, that when she will return, it will be under a new name and or gimmick. Vince still has plans to present a hair versus hair match on a future WWE show. So the reason why is because well she got to appear in court, <laughs> and I can completely understand that for sure. Um, again, we all know about the situation with her and uh, Philip A. Thomas. What happened uh, with her with the recent kidnapping attempt? Uh, we know all about that, and hopefully he goes away for a very, very, very long time. Take all the time you need, and I'm sure soon enough, we will see you back in a WWE ring, but again, Mr. Bill, get ready for your close-up, because I'm, I'm penciling you in for the last week in January, and uh, I don't need to tell you what it is. You are know. now. So that's going to conclude my top ten uh, major focal points for the good, the bad, and the ugly that was SummerSlam weekend. Let us get into the awards session of the program. I'm not going to take too long with this. Uh, For those of you who are new, what I usually do is, with my awards and final grades, I give you my top three matches of the weekend, my worst match of the weekend, and put it nicely with a nice little bow on top and give you my, my personal final grades for both NXT TakeOver 30 and for SummerSlam. Very important. About the final grades. Very, very important. Let's begin, though, with the top three matches of the weekend. And actually, I forgot one. There is also an MVP that I usually uh, announce uh, for this. And I completely almost forgot that I had the MVP, the YLP MVP of SummerSlam Weekend. I'll get into that in just a moment. I just writing it down. Of course, names like Keith Lee and Rhea Ripley have won the YLP MVP of of WWE weekends, as well as I believe I believe a name, I mean the crowd, uh, the, a city alone for the crowd. Uh, got gave them a award. But let's get into the top three matches of the weekend, shall we? Number three. I'm going to give it to the NXT Women's Championship between Io Shirai and Dakota Kai. This was undoubtedly one of the best matches of the weekend. A great women's title match. Very, very story. A good amount of storytelling. A lot of involvement with uh, Kai, Shirai, and Gonzalez. The uh, future possibility of Raquel and Rhea Ripley. And of course, Rhea staring at um, EO with those daggers was definitely something that I could get behind. Rhea never forgot about EO. She's just going through a lot of shit right now. But I expect a Rhea EO championship match somewhere down the line. We just don't know when. At number two. It's rare that I have ties on my top three, but in this case, I do. I have a tie at two, and I'm going to hand it to Seth Rollins versus Dominic Mysterio and Adam Cole versus Pat McAfee. Again, debuts, this is probably 100% the two best debuts I may have seen in 2020, hands down. Carrying Cross, probably my top one. Cause that was just everything. That entrance and all that. Money. Squash match, of course. But with what Dominic and Pat did this past weekend, I was just so impressed. A lot of people were going into it thinking, okay, McAfee may not have the best match of the night. But man, he had the best performance. He had one of the best performances of the weekend. As did Dominic. We know he's he's green as grass. We know this. He is as green as the dollar bills in my wallet. But Dominic really was able to help tell a story with Seth and Buddy and his daddy and his mama Angie. What a story they told in that match. Both of these matches deserve to be in my top three. That's why I haven't tied at number two. Because number one was pretty much the easiest pick I could make. That is going to Bronson Reed, Damian Priest, Cameron Grimes, Johnny Gargano, and the Velveteen Dream. The NXT North American Championship ladder Match is my match of the weekend. This really set the standard. Once this match ended, I said this was going to be a tough act to follow. I said this to myself. I don't know if there's a match on the car, on either card that's going to top this. If you're talking about NXT, Kai Shirai was the closest. If you're talking about overall, these three matches behind it were the closest. But seriously, this latter match was just the quintessential match of the weekend for me. 100%, without a doubt, thoroughly impressed by the entirety of the matchup from beginning to end, that, that, uh, uh, I forgot to say, that bump Velveteen took to go into those double tables, that was crazy. That was fire. That was nuts. I'm sure a lot of people were actually happy about that because of, well, Velveteen Dream situation, which we won't get into. But, that aside, that match, this match was quintessential. Every person in this match hit their damn numbers. That, to me, is impressive. A multi-man match, a five-man match in and of itself, is a little bit hard because you're trying to make sure everybody has their moments. But, my goodness. So impressive. So, so impressive of how everybody got their time in. Thoroughly impressive. Congratulations to the North American Championship Ladder Match. You, my friends, have just earned yourself a match of the weekend victory. Which leads me to my worst match of the weekend. And this one's pretty goddamn obvious. As much as I would like Sonya to make sure she takes the time she needs to get get her shit together and everything with that, handle her court case, all that. Sorry to say, darling, you and Mandy, without a doubt, had the worst match of the weekend. And I even said after that match, you two were the leader in the clubhouse and no other match could ever follow you. The closest was the Street Profits versus Angel Garza and Andrade for the tag titles. But I hate to say it, this match sucked. This match was really bad. So short, really didn't do much. Yeah, no, it just, it, it, it's a no from me. And it's unfortunate, but Mandy Rose, Sonya Deville, unfortunately, I have to say it, you two had the worst match of the week. Which leads me to my MVP of the weekend. MVP of the weekend for me usually is a criteria of stuff I have in my head of what I would like to see in a performance of the weekend overall. But it's rare that I have co-MVPs. And I've got two. Making a debut. And WWE is very, very important. Even if it's a one-off, it's very important to make a very solid first impression. Which is why I, Mr. Y, up to himself, am handing, for for the first time in quite some time, co-MVP awards to Pat McAfee and Dominic Mysterio. These two really impressed me. Thoroughly impressed me. What a debut for Dominic! I could have easily give this to Dominic, easy. This, Dominic could have taken the award, but when you look at the performance that Pat McAfee had against Adam Cole, nobody can deny the performance he had. A lot of people I saw on Twitter were giving him all the respect in the world. Pat McAfee is, was an athlete, former punter for the Indianapolis Colts. Okay, let's get that twisted. And he laid the wood on Cash trying to return the punt. All right. Trust me, I've seen this highlights. Dude lays down that shoulder and you get knocked the fuck down. I've seen it. They both, in their own right, on their respective shows, had the two best performances I saw all weekend. Don't get me wrong. The North American Championship ladder match is match of the weekend. That will stand, period, for 2020. But when you're going off overall performance... McAfee and Mysterio did their debuts properly and did justice to the matches that they were in. Excuse me. They did did a great justice to the matches that they were in. And that in and of itself, me personally, I couldn't ask for anything better with that. I really couldn't. And I'm thoroughly pleased with everything they did this weekend. So Pat McAfee, Dominic Mysterio, co-MVPs of SummerSlam weekend. And... Before I bid you adieu, I have my final grades. They're very, very weight heavy. And I'm going to put this out there right now. NXT TakeOver 30 did beat SummerSlam, continuing this streak of four years of big four shows in which NXT beat Summer. NXT beats WWE. In terms of show quality, I'm not gonna get that twisted. But the gap got closer this time around. I would say, honestly, it's it was a letter grade in between. It, it was it was two letter grades this time around, and that's very very big for WWE to have a two letter grade defeat. In terms of takeover, when you look up and down the card, Finn Balor, Th- Finn Balor, Timothy Thatcher opened up the show properly. The triple threat tag team match was was actually, was decent. Uh, could have been a bit longer. Um, the North American Championship ladder match nailed it. The Women's Championship match nailed it. The carry cross Keith Lee thing, plus injury, plus the ending was kind of eh. What the hell else was on a damn card? I completely forgot. I really forgot what the hell else was on the card, I suck, I'm terrible, holy shit, how did I not remember, hello, okay, how the hell did I forget what was on the card, that's kind of beat, that's weird, I feel weird, what the hell else happened, did I forget, I just want to make sure I get this done, yeah, Number more contendership, Adam Cole, Pat McAfee, okay, that was great. That was all of it was great. Um, really, really great across the board. This was a really solid show across the board. I really, really loved it. A couple of things that, you know, were kind of eh. But overall, this was a solid show across the board. And actually. My bad, it was three letter grades. <laughs> it was three. It was actually it was, it was a couple grades gap. But I'm going to give NXT over 30 a B+. I think it's a proper thing with that. The Okay, Pat McAfee making his debut with a one-off. Very big performance. Uh, Priest winning the championship in what I thought was the best match of the weekend. Um, Thatcher, Balor really showed up and showed out. Uh, Cross Lee was a little bit underwhelming. A tad bit underwhelming. But they did enough to get me focused. And that was a hard-hitting matchup, especially the story they were telling with Cross going after the left arm of Keith Lee. Good stuff. Um, I would say B-plus across the board, 100%. As far as SummerSlam goes, another defeat, unfortunately, at the hands of the uh, the NXT in a Big Four weekend. And uh, it'd be like that sometimes, you know. But I would say this was, I'd say, the closest gap. In terms of a big four that they've had in quite some time, so nothing they should hang, nothing they should be upset about. But overall, there were a lot of hiccups. The uh Apollo Crews MVP match didn't do it for me, it was all right, it didn't do it for me. That was okay. Uh, Bailey Asuka really helped the opener, that was all right. The tag team title match on Raw was dookie. The uh, Sonya Deville, Mandy Rose was garbage. Um, Mysterio Rollins really helped pick it up a little bit, as did Banks and Asuka. That was probably the best match of the night from there. Okay, that was kind of a weird flex. Don't mind that. Uh, McIntyre Orton really would have been mm-hmm. good if not for that bullshit finish. Uh, and then, of course, Roman doesn't help matters at all, so that gets lower grades. But I'm going to give SummerSlam a C+. I think that's a worthy... It was just a lot of stuff that was just bad, bad decisions, um, bad, uh, bad booking, um, just really at times a very big lull, especially when you have eight matches on the card and some of them are just like, eh, you know what I mean? A lot of it weighed into that, but I think a C plus for that really makes proper. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is going to conclude episode 245 of the YLP podcast when we come back. We're going to close out the show in proper white LP fashion and give you a nice look and have a uh, a little announcement that I have uh, in regards to uh, tomorrow. Uh, We'll talk about that. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Well, guys, that's going to be it. For episode 245 of the YLP Podcast. As always, I want to thank you guys so much for taking time out of your day or night or afternoon, your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are. In the world. Thank you guys so much for taking out this episode of the podcast. As always, I greatly and truly appreciate it. If you have any thoughts, concerns, opinions, let me know what you think about the show. Do you think my picks for MVPs were crap? Do you think my choices in matches of the weekend were good? Garbage or what have you? Your thoughts on uh, SummerSlam weekend, anything at all? Sound off. Let your voice be heard. Leave your boy a voice message over on anchor.fm slash Young Lions perspective. I can't speak English today Not on Mondays for no apparent reason. Anchor.fm slash WrestleAttic Radio. If you on the WrestleAtlantic Radio side, make sure you leave me. Uh, make sure you put YLP in the header of your title, so that I know you're prefer, uh, referring to me personally. And if I like what you're bringing to the table, if I like what you're saying, I don't have no problem featuring it on a future episode of the YLP Podcast. Of course, if you enjoy this episode, do not hesitate to tell a friend and tell a friend about the YLP Podcast. Share this episode across all. Of your social media, that Instagram, that Facebook, and that Twitter. You can slide into your friends' DMs, slide into your girls' DMs, slide into your besties' DMs, slide into your side pieces' um uh, Gab, parlor, uh, text message is perfectly fine. Uh, you can even do it, even send it on Facebook Messenger. However, you communicate to the people, the friends and family that you know and love, share it. Share this episode for real. Spread the word. If you know a friend that loves professional wrestling and likes the kind of style that operates at the table, send it to him. Let him know, hey, I heard this guy, Mr. YLP, I'm liking the style. Talks a lot of smack, you know, like he knows what he's talking about. Yo, check this dude out. Let me know what you think. And if they like it, boom, you get a new friend, get a new uh, fan of the YLP universe. Not only that, you have a new member of the wrestling a family. Always fun. Always good stuff. Can't be mad at that at all. Always good stuff. Because in these quarantine times, in these unprecedented times, we here at for you like to provide solace. Especially if you guys are essential workers and you are coming home from a hard day's work. We want to provide that grandma hug. Keeps you warm and nice. And provide you some comfort and some sort of entertainment to make your day just that much better. Because with... Podcast, the YLB podcast, the Game Changer podcast, and of course, the Delight Show with Man Chapel. We, seriously, WrestleLadder's Radio, are not only the cure for the common wrestling podcast, but we are absolutely, without question, 100%, then, now, and forever the alternative professional wrestling podcast, and that we are here to. Stay! Now, I know most of y'all do not have the Anchor app, and that's perfectly fine. Wherever you're listening to that, thank you so much for your love and support. And I know everybody's got their favorite streaming platform that they like to use for their podcast needs, but if you thought for one second we were just all about AmbiguousPodcastSolutions.com, and thank you to every single one of y'all that listened to today's episode all over on the APS, Anchor.fm slash Young Lions Perspective and Anchor.fm. Slash WrestleAdicts Radio, my friend, you are sadly mistaken. We is distributed across several different platforms, my friend, including Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Podcast Addict, Player FM, Podbeam, Castbox FM, Overcast, Radio Public, Stitcher Radio, and of course that good old Spotify Bam. Search. For the Kings of Rings Podcast, the YLP Podcast, the Game Changer Podcast, and of course, make sure you check out the light show with Manch Chapel, because it is a wonderful, wonderful listening experience for your ears. And you should have no problem finding us what so ever. If you want to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the YLP podcast, I am very active on social media, or so I've been told. Okay? But if you want to follow me over my social media and stay up to date with everything that's going on, we'll start off going to Twitter land. You can find me over there at Suede Senator War. That's S-U-E-D-E. S-E-N-A-T-O-R Capital W Capital L Capital R. I do live tweeting for AEW Dynamite Wednesday nights. SmackDown Live on Fridays, unless I have a proper uh, prior obligation to attend to. In that case, I will let you guys know on the Twitter sphere. Every WWE live pay-per-view, and I'm not exactly sure what the next pay-per-view is going to be. I believe it's supposed to be either Hell in a Cell or Night of Champions. Either one. I'll be doing one in September. Once I figure out the information, I'll pass it along to you. Every AEW live pay-per-view, and there isn't one until Full Gear, until November. So we want the word. Actually, no, I lied. That's a smack of the hand. All Out, I'll be live tweeting for on September the 5th. How could I forget about their biggest show of the summer? Oh, wait. I took that line. Oopsie! Anyway, every NXT and NXT UK live pay-per-view takeover special, and y'all know now with NXT 30 over, the next one we get to look forward to is of course NXT Takeover War Games when that goes down in November, as well as NXT UK Takeover Dublin going down on October 25th, and y'all know NJPW is back in the swing of things, and when it's 3:30. It's the weekend, and I have nothing else better to do because I literally can't go back to bed for some freaking god-awful reason. I do live tweeting for New Japan Pro Wrestling as well. Let's go over to the Instagram side of things, the mothership and mother hub of everything that is YLP. You can follow me over there at young underscore lions underscore perspective. Memes in case you missed it, updates, breaking news, 60-second thought videos, anything like that at all. If you bring me your memes into my DMs. And I like what you got. Uh, like it's funny, hilarious, stupid, anything like that. I will have no, no problem posting it on my on my page, tagging every single member of the WrestleLabs Radio family, and letting you have your fifteen minutes of magnificence and excellence. It is a beautiful thing. Trust me. Bring the memes. Bring the memes to me. I love pro wrestling memes. I'm a sucker for them, especially if you're the ones that making them. Get creative. Send me your best. If I like it, you're getting on my page. And I will make sure to tag you in all its heavenly glory. And surprisingly, I still have Facebook because, well, I just seem to can't find the strength to delete it. And I have a page over there on Facebook, so I can't delete it. But if you want to find me over on Facebook, I can be found. Just make sure you search for Young Lions Perspective Podcast. Like the page. Share the page. Follow the page. We're over 100 followers over there. And thank you, much love, to every single one of you over there. I believe it's 108 last I checked. Thank you guys so much for your love and support. Share that. Let's try to get it to 220. If not, let's at least try to get it by my birthday in 2021. Follow me on all these platforms to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the YLP podcast. And I'm looking over to the business to ensure I fulfill my obligations for today. I know I did not do my Teespring and my Patreons. That's perfectly fine. I want to get down to business. But I'm getting the Aruba crowd, and I'm getting a thumbs up over there. So we're going to call it a day on that. So, guys, um, side note for tomorrow there will be no episode um, for last week, this week, uh, tomorrow night. Um, <clears throat> reason why uh, is because I, I, it's not an obligation or anything I have prior to. It's just simply I discussed most of it on Friday's episode for my uh, SummerSlam preview and predictions, SummerSlam weekend preview and predictions. And I figured it would be kind of silly to redo that again. It's not a knock against me watching it. I'm gonna be watching NXT, of course, as I normally do, as I, as I normally would do if I were doing a show tomorrow. But again, there will be no show tomorrow. I've already let the squadron know um, anything like that. So um, Tuesday is gonna be an off day for me. I know it's a rarity. I know it sucks, but um, I just wanted to take a day. I'm gonna take a day off on that. Uh, call it a scratch, and I'll be back next Tuesday, of course, with uh, the, the fallout episode of take uh, from takeover and I think that will be a much more enjoyable episode uh, with that so there will be a last week this week next week um, no show tomorrow so episode 246 will carry over into Friday where we may have hope hopefully um, as long as we get basketball um, away from that I believe there I believe it's a Thursday episode I believe it's either a Wednesday or a Thursday episode this week and if that's the case Friday. Episode 246 will be bring, coming back for the brand spanking new episode of Light the Fuse, where I get to talk about this week's episode of AEW Dynamite. Break it all down and talk about it, and we get to have fun with that as well. Other than that, guys, I know it's about time for Raw. I got to get this episode out of here. Excuse me. So enjoy the rest of your Monday. Enjoy your Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday off. Enjoy Wednesday shows, of course, because Wednesday is always the best night of the week for professional wrestling. You know that. I know that. Your friends know that. Even your grandmother knows that. It bees what it bees. And I'll see you guys right back here this Friday for episode 246 of the YLP Podcast. See you. This has been a Russell Attic Radio branded podcast.